kid, now you just meet for preparation Your brain smeared all over the street like defecation Pull a gun out on a star You way too famous on Hollywood Boulevard to get run over by a car Big sores, the size of the teeth, the jaws Chop you in a jigsaw, pop you with a zigzaw Staring at death like a 9-11 jumper Antichrist superstar, drop the spine of a reverend in a dumpster Brutal accidents, and axes leaving dents And your skull permitting access to your medulla fragments A bullet rushes at you like a piranha to kill And the slug cuts cleanly through your skull like Dama's grill You can tell I'm satanic from my evil beat selection Your autopsy's like a wall bound meat section Kid you didn't survive, a stab to the chest Unfortunately medical science can't always have success You don't like listening to death rap, well I do There's nothing like beautiful music for you to die to You can't stop pain, how long will cocaine last? A close range blast, they'll leave you with no brains fast Don't rap, stab yourself to the beat instead Don't impress me with your raps, impress me by being dead I'll be impressed when you're bleeding red Cause at least you can say you've done something I haven't done yet Trying to be Yo. What's happening, lovely listeners? I'm Jack Rowland, and welcome to In Too Deep. Holy shit, have I got an episode for you today. Any hip-hop head out there has, without a doubt, heard the name Necro. Necro is a bit of a king of the underground hip-hop scene, and has pretty much developed his own genre within hip-hop called Death Rap or Horrorcore. His style is notoriously intense and aggressive, rapping about murder, torture, drug abuse, sex, cannibalism, and human trafficking. His beat production is all-time and he has an extensive discography, as well as producing for and collaborating with various hip-hop artists like Cool G Rap, Nonfiction, Mr. Hyde, Vinnie Paz, and Immortal Technique, just to name a few. Let's get into it. Please welcome, from Brooklyn, New York, the infamous Necro. Is there a point to all this? I think we're getting in too deep. Down to fly. Bad luck. Well, I have one speed, I have one gear. How you going, buddy? Yo. Yeah, I can hear you. How you going? Good. Nice to meet you, man. Um, first up, I, uh, I'm Jack. Nice to meet you. Hey, what's up, Jack? Yeah, not much, man. Not much. Um, and before we get started, I just want to be respectful of your time. How much? Um, how much time do you reckon you you can afford? Um, I don't know how much you need. Ah, man. Well, how, however it goes. I mean, usually I go for an hour and a half, but happy to keep it rolling if, if you're comfortable. Um, I don't really have a, an hour and a half to be honest that's, with you. That's fine, man. You just you just let me know when you're um when you got to wrap it up. How about like 30 minutes? Can you do 30 minutes? Sure thing, brother. That's fine. All right. Awesome. So ask, ask away. So what is your show exactly? <laughs> um, so yeah, this show is uh, called Into Deep and um, pretty much talk with like street artists, artists, musicians. What did you say? Date, date rape? <laughs> In- I, I didn't hear what you said. Did you it- say your show was date rape? Into Deep. Into deep. That's okay. it, man. Okay, That's sorry. it. Yeah, yeah. You're from Australia. That's it. Yeah, I saw you. Um, I saw you at the Corner Hotel in Melbourne a number of years ago, and there was um, okay. qu- quite a big brawl there that that broke out. Yeah, I always get into brawls in Australia. Australia is uh, loves to start shit with me. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard there was a Perth incident. I mean, you know, there's always one asshole that wants to get a beating. So you know, yep. Just is what it is. Yeah, okay. One of them things. Yeah. Um, I'm super happy that I got you for episode 69, man. The um, the sexist himself. 69? That's well, it. I don't get it. Ep- episode 69. 
This is what it is, episode 69. That's oh, okay. it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, man, thank you so much. Um, first of all, I just want to say I've been listening to your music since early 2000s. Um, you really are one of the most unique uh, rappers in in the hip-hop world as far as I'm concerned. You've, you've carved out your own um, kind of genre, really, um, of death rap and uh, – one one thing that I will say is your your beats have just been second to none throughout throughout the years. Um, uh, just a, a a big a big fan a big fan. Um, I appreciate it. No, yeah, I take uh, I take beat making real serious. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which came first for you, the the rapping or the beats? Um, well, the rapping first because I didn't know how to make beats. You know what I'm saying? As a little kid, yeah. You know that's something that you learn. Uh, as you, uh, you know, develop, but, um, you know, the rapping you see from, you know, watching, you know, TV or whatever and shit. And so, you know, you'll start rapping songs from, uh, Slick Rick or, 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 uh, Lottie Dottie was like the first rap I knew. Yeah. So, you know, like learning that at like eight or nine, you know what I'm saying? And then eventually you start making loop tapes, so, which is before you get equipment. You'll get, you know, you'll find vinyl or whatever, and you'll make, you'll loop it on the cassette because you didn't have equipment. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you would find shit that you want to loop, and you play it. You know, you play, and then you hit pause, and then you you can create loops. You can get an idea of what it would sound like when hooked up. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> and then eventually, you know, started going to people that that had their own studios and would engineer the session. So come there with the records and tell them, oh, I want you to do. You know what I'm saying? Loop this, do this. Yeah. And then, then graduated to buying my own equipment. Because at that time, equipment, you know, it's $1,500, $2,000. So, you know, a young kid doesn't really have that money anyway. So, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. So it's easier to buy a record for a dollar or find a record in the garbage or whatever than, you know, be able to get the piece of equipment. So eventually I ended up getting, you know, uh, the piece of equipment that allowed me to start doing beats. But, you know, to be a rapper, it doesn't cost anything. You know what I'm saying? You don't need equipment. So you just have to basically rap along to the videos. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, definitely rapping first. And then then producing because, you know, never even thought of the concept of using someone else's beats. You know what I'm saying? It was was always about, let's figure out how to make beats that fit what I want to rap on. You know what I mean? So... Yep. Because I wouldn't want to be at the mercy of someone else because then it's, hey, can you give me a beat? How how, how are you ever going to know if they're going to give you the beat that you want? I mean, you, you have to rely on their vision. Their vision, you know, so then they got to give you like 30 beats, right? And most people aren't going to give you 30. So somebody gives you two or three beats, you're kind of stuck with that. Like whatever they gave you, you got to, oh, I'll make it work. Yeah. That's not the same as producing yourself. Me, I'll make a fucking a thousand beats for myself to get the vision I want. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll try every fucking idea out. A rapper that doesn't make his own production can't do that. He's at the mercy of other people. Yeah, makes sense. So, your your beats are like so unique. Um, like uh, I was I was wondering where like how do you have um what kind of music do you like listen to to source these uh you know just unique samples I mean, that you. You got to listen to everything. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Sampling, there's no, there's no limit to sampling. You understand? Sampling is anything. It can be any genre, any record. You, you hear shit, and if, if, it, if it, 
you know, that's why it's the beauty of production is nobody's going to know what, what, what I resonate with. Sure, they could send me a couple of beats. I'd love to work with a premiere or somebody like that or a Havoc. They make shit I like. Sure, they would make something I could rap on. But could they produce a whole Necro album? You know what I'm saying? Like, they would have to fucking literally, you know, give me enough fucking options for me to be able to say, oh, okay, here's 10, 15 beats I really like. And, you know, so that's the beauty of producing. You know what I'm saying? You can, you decide what the vision is going to be. That's why I was able to create a necro vision that's original. The whole point of hip hop is be original. You know what I mean? You can be influenced by a bunch of people, but don't be like other people. You can be influenced and then become your own original shit. Everyone's influenced by rappers. The question is, are you copying motherfuckers or are you? So my old shit was always to be original. I never wanted to copy anybody. Like I'm influenced by Cool G Rap, but I never copied Cool G Rap. He inspires me to be great at what I what I can do. But I want to be able to do what I can do. If you look at Necro, Necro is more brutal than G Rap. G Rap is definitely extremely brutal, but you know he'll have limits to it. You know what I mean? Where it's like mainly street street gangster you know what i'm saying and so i was able to say i'm gonna take shit like that but i'm gonna take it further rap super super ultra violent murder shit because i didn't hear anybody doing it really lyrically like lyrical murder you heard people doing it but it was never super lyrical you know what i mean and it wasn't mm. really on boom bap beats it was like you know there's something about boom bap beats they can be total evil but are they boom bap because then you'll hear like horrorcore beats and they're not really boom bap. They're kind of like, I don't know, they're corny sounding. They don't really have fresh drum kits. You know, like to me, a fresh drum kit is, is important because any band always had a great drummer. I mean, for the most part, if you had a band on any record, there's a drummer. Doom, doom, da, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Somebody's yeah. playing drums. So why would your hip hop beats not have a great drummer? So a lot of people will use like, you know, like computerized drums. So like shit like that. And I feel that already kills the sound. But in their mind, they're just looking at the beat as a metronome. You know, like I'm, I'm going to take an evil sample from a horror movie and put a little metronome beat to it. And then I'm going to wrap my little horror. That's not what Necro does. When I make shit, it's, it's going to be boom bap, meaning it's going to be that flavor of, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's going to be more artistic. Yeah. You understand the sample? It could be brutal and dark, but it's going to be more artistic. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it might even sound like it just came off a jazz record. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. It's hard to explain, you know? But in the end of the day, you know, any person, they have their own vision. You know, my vision is I make what I like. And, you know, and I'm a culmination of, uh, <sighs> You know, metal, heavy metal, hip hop, the streets, uh, horror movies, a whole view of everything I come from. So, you know, same way that somebody, uh, you know, when some of these rappers from different cities, they rap kind of what their city influenced them to be. Yep. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to diss it. Some of it is good. Some of it is atrocious because some of these dudes' cities are whack. You know what I mean? Like they, they don't come from a prominent city. So, you know, it's... It, it, in my opinion, it was I'm not going to mention the city because then it would be dissing it. But there are certain cities where the shit isn't that dope. Yeah, they just you know don't, have the, don't have the hip hop heart. But it's a known thing. New York City shit is dope. So, you know, it, it, that's like kind of a known thing. So, 
you yeah. know, me coming from Brooklyn, New York, you're going to expect the hip hop needs to, it has to hold up to a certain level because of the, the reputation of, you know, New York City and Brooklyn. It has to obviously be very original, very hardcore, very unique. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone from New York always was different. Hmm. Jay-Z doesn't sound like Biggie. Biggie doesn't sound like Nas. You know what I mean? Like, none of them sound alike at all. If you really think about it, they're totally different. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, the Necro sound is particularly unique. Like, how, how was um, when you were kind of coming up? Uh, was your sound uh, accepted by the kind of the hip-hop world? Or were you really kind of just grinding your own way? No, nah, I was never really accepted. You know, I got accepted by a fan base, by people, by fans. Industry never really accepted me. They always fronted on me, you know, acting mm. like my shit's too evil, too crazy, or they didn't believe I was real. There's a big thing in New York City. Uh, you could even be a non-black person, you know, just anyone in this industry whether it's black, you could be a white guy in the industry. Um, their mentality of a necro is I'm not official. I'm not real because I'm white because my skin color is white. Right. It don't matter if they saw me punch someone dead in the fucking face in the street and lay somebody out cold because many have seen me do that. It, it, that. That doesn't matter to them. There's something, a stigma about the way the media portrayed anybody white is trying to rip off the culture. So I could tell them, hey, I'm from the projects. I rolled up wearing polo, hill figure, designs in my head, weapons on me, goons with me, posse of goons. They're still, no matter what, have this fucking prejudice, racism against somebody white is not being real. And it could be a white guy being prejudiced in the industry against me because he only believes black guys can be real. And the funny thing is I grew up in the projects with black guys, so... You know, was every black kid real? I used to beat the shit out of many black kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Same way I would beat the shit out of a white kid. You know? And I've gotten beaten the shit out of myself. So color doesn't mean you're fucking tough. I don't give a fuck what skin color you're from or whatever. You're not realer than me. Your family members ain't realer than me. My father was a killer when he came to New York City from the Israeli army. He already killed somebody. So is your father realer than my father? No. Uncle Howie was a straight junkie in the streets going to jail a thousand times. Is your family member realer than Howie? They're both derelicts if they were junkies. You know what I'm saying? So, But something about New York City and the hip-hop community, very racist against white people that try to be rappers. You could be a white A&R. You could be a white producer. You right? That would be like accepted. But when you were a right, white rapper... Notice how many white rappers do you know that get highly respected in the mainstream from New York City? You can't think of it. It's crazy. There'll be a million black guys. You can name off black rapper after black rapper. But when it comes to white, the only real white dudes that who's the who is the most rugged white kid from Brooklyn? I wouldn't know. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Me. <laughs> I mean, name another rapper that's white that you know that raps super hardcore from Brooklyn. It's a white boy. Yeah, I, I Either couldn't. Either me or my brother. Probably Ill Bill. That would be it. Right. Isn't that crazy? And here's the crazy shit. We're super overlooked. We're not overlooked by our fan base. The fan base that if you know us, you love us. I'm not talking about the 90 countries that love us from Chile to France to Paris to Spain to Italy to UK 
You understand? To L.A. I'm talking about New York City. Like, they'll know who I am, and they'll act like they don't fucking have any respect or love for me. But if I'm in person, the attitude is different. It's like, oh, whoa, what up, Necro? Well, respect, respect. (laughs) Because they don't want to get punched in their face. Because I'll be, I have an aura because I know who I'm dealing with, I know I'm dealing with disrespectful type people. People, I know like how people are, and people are fake in your face. So I'm not going to be around these people all nice. Hi, how are you? Now I'm rolling in on some thug shit. So yeah. you're already going to feel that energy. Hmm. If I don't like your energy, you're going to fucking know it. You know what I'm saying? I might even call you out to your face. So these people. Well, yeah, when you're in their face, nah, they're not telling you, oh, you're a white boy, you you can't be accepted, because I would fucking leave these people in a pool of blood. It's yeah. all behind-the-scenes shit. It's all shady, blackballing, behind-the-scenes shit. I dealt with it my whole entire career, constantly getting fucking overlooked, and, and it forced me to build my own shit. So when I realized that I had fans, and a lot of the fans were white boys... This is why Australia loves me. If Okay, if you look at Australia as a country, is Australia a white country or a black country? Originally a black country, but um, but these days prob- probably a white country for sure. When I've always thought of Australia, I know that, okay, so w- w- who are the blacks in Australia? Aboriginals? Aboriginals, yeah. Okay, they're considered black. Are they black skin or, they ju- or is it like yeah. eight different natives? No, no, they're dark skin. Okay, so I've had some fans that were Aboriginal, right? But majority of the people I see that show me love in Australia have been white-skinned people. You know what I'm saying? From the Mm. beginning of my fan base. And I noticed in Australia, I've never heard racism from people. Oh, Nacro, he's white. You understand what I'm saying? It's right, like right. the shit that the bullshit that you'll hear from people in New York City, that shit, it doesn't exist when it comes to my fan base in Australia. Yeah. I never heard it from my Paris fans. Oh, he's white. Why is that? Is it because they're fucking all white also? So so I so I ended up realizing that without me trying, naturally, just being a white person, 85% of my fan base is white. And then about 15% is Latino, yep. especially in Los Angeles and Mexico. I got a lot of fans. And then my fan base, 5% white of black people. Not because I wanted it to be. I never decided one day, okay, this is going to be my demographic. Demographic is who they, de- is the fans decide if they're going to like you. They're the ones that hear you what you are. See, So now if you ask me, well, why don't more blacks fuck with you, Necro? You know why? Because the media brainwashed. Blacks from the beginning of time that you're not real if your skin color is white. You're a fraud and you're perpetrating the culture. It's gotten to the point now they come up with words now that we're appropriating the culture. So if we like hip-hop culture, we're fucked up for that. We're somehow stealing it and using it to our benefit to make a living from it. And that makes us scumbag motherfuckers. Even if we've never been racist in our whole life, and you love hip-hop with your fucking heart, and you put your heart into hip-hop, and you love it, somebody, 
okay, is going to fucking say, now you're appropriating that shit. A lot of these people on Clubhouse recently, and it's funny because I'm already considered a legend at this point, mm, but you'll yeah. get people that, that don't know who I am, right? And they just might be 25, 26, and they discover Necro, right, somehow, maybe in Clubhouse or whatever, and so racist, man. <laughs> like immediately just coming at me with racism, like, oh, this guy thinks he's a rapper. Like, I, there's people that will come at me like he thinks he's a rapper. Hmm. Yeah. And these are people that never did nothing for hip hop, except they might have black skin on their hand. Right. So this is a right. fucked up mentality in hip hop that I've always dealt with, where people think because it's of a skin color defines your contribution to the culture of hip hop. Hmm. Your culture of hip hop is based on merit and skill and what you contribute and what you sacrifice. What? So I would ask any person of any color, what did you fucking sacrifice for the hip hop culture? Well, I can tell you, I sacrificed my fucking whole life. Yeah. All I've done is hip hop, make beats, release them, show love to fans that love them, inspire. I dropped fucking mad albums that were bangers that's my contribution but you'll get somebody who's never done anything i've done they haven't released anything incredible they don't do anything for but they feel the culture is theirs because of skin color that to me is a problem because remember i'm a white kid and i grew up in the projects as a little kid so i'm in the fucking heart of brooklyn new york in the hood being influenced from hip-hop, hip-hop's everywhere, I'm being influenced by it, how the fuck can you tell me I'm not hip-hop because of my fucking skin color? Yeah. I'm going to take that as you being racist to me, right? You're, totally. you're being a racist. Absolutely. You're, 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 you're being prejudiced against me. So there's this new thing also. Oh, we can't be racist. Nobody can be racist. So you can shit on me and be racist against me and tell me I'm not good enough because I have pale skin, but you're not a racist though. So you're, you're allowed to just shit on me. And here's the fucked up thing. You would think that somebody who gets shit on, they would have the mentality. Well, then I want to shit back on you. But here's the thing. I have no fucking, I have nothing in me to want to shit on somebody because of their color. There's nothing in me. That's why I'm a dope person. That's why people do love me. People that do understand real hip hop, from all cultures. If you look at my Spotify, it's 90 different countries love me. How is it 90 countries love Necro, Ron Bronstein, Jew, from Brooklyn, New York, but people from New York City themselves, like a lot of the industry, they hate my guts. They've always hated me. Isn't that fucking weird? Yeah. How those specific motherfuckers don't want to show any love to fucking white kids that rhyme, but 90 other countries fuck with me. Do, do you think because that um, being... being an, you want to know why? You want to yeah. know why it's like that, bro? It's because people around the other world aren't as racist. Like, the racism is crazy in New York City. Where, like I said, in Australia, I understand that they have a lot of beefs between non-Aboriginal and Aboriginal. But, but from a hip-hop perspective, I've never had that brought to my attention. You know what I mean? Where it was like, like it was always just and I've had Aboriginal fans that are, you know, the dark skin that will tell me they love me. And it just, there's never was that, oh, you're a white bullshit coming from anybody in Australia. Australia is always just, we fuck with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was arrested. I was in jail 
and, and half the jail was black Aboriginal and white kids. And the whole jail loved me. Everyone locked up. It's like, Necro's here. Oh, shit. It was crazy. <laughs> I was bugging out. I was like, you know, like, what the fuck are you doing here? I said, well, I'm on tour. And I gave someone a beating. And they were like, ah, he's real. He gives people beatings. You know what I mean? Because obviously I'm real if I'm locked up for giving someone a beating. Like people talk about being real, right? But they don't beat anybody up. So, well, where's the proof that you're like the lyrics? Well, obviously if I'm locked up with you because I fucking got violent, it's obviously proof to live. And I'm not saying this to Brad. I'm just saying it's an obvious thing to the, these criminals. Oh, well, Necro's the real deal, right? I mean, and not only that, just the fact that I'm in Australia, I'm an American in Australian jail. How fucked up must I be to be in an Australian jail? <laughs> like, I mean, that, that just shows, it shows a couple of things about me. It shows that I'm extremely hood. But I got to be honest with you. It wasn't like I ever wanted any beef. It was more like if I'm in your city and you make me feel threatened, I react because I have fear in me and my fear will make me fuck you up. Yeah. So if you put fear in me, when I say fear, not fear like, oh, I'm scared of you. If I feel you're threatening me, I'm going to fuck you up. I don't care at this point if I get locked up. I don't give a fuck. You know why? Because in my mind, you know that saying, better to be carried, uh, 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 judged by a jury than carried by eight or whatever. I would rather be in court and in jail than get killed by you. Yeah. Because if I'm stupid, you can shoot me. You can stab me. If I, if, if I don't take you serious when you approach me and I assume that you're weak, I could end up like Dimebag Daryl from Pantera. I could end up like John Lennon. John Lennon got killed in front of his fucking apartment yeah. by a fan who was angry at him for saying that the, the Beatles were bigger than Jesus. And this guy killed him for that. So I take it serious when somebody comes at me. So if I'm in the middle of Australia and somebody's coming at me a certain way, I don't, I, I don't, it's not like I'm walking around with fucking eight security. You know what I'm saying? So I got to take that seriously now because I don't know who you are. You understand what I'm saying? And For so sure. that's going to make me that's going to make me do something that's a potentially going to put you in the hospital and have me get arrested right now. But at least I'm alive right now at 44. For sure. Because maybe if I was a bitch, maybe I'd be dead right now. Knock on wood because somebody fucking jooks me. You know what I'm saying? Or who knows what? Because obviously some of these people are trying some shit. You know what I'm saying? If they're coming at me aggressively, they're obviously, they have animosity. So that, see, that's my logic. It's not about being tough and all that. You know what I mean? For me to be in a jail cell in Australia, it would, you know, it's kind of, it's really survival. I bet most of the people that were in the jail cell, they're there for survival, either selling drugs to survive. Some of them might be junkies. You know, they're trying to survive their addiction. I mean, we're all really there. Nobody's really there. I mean, I would think it would be pretty stupid if you're there. Because you were trying to be a tough guy. For the most part, it's going to be there's got to be a fucking reason behind behind each person locked up. Some people have fucked up lives. They, you know what I mean? Their parents were fucked up. So, you know what I mean? Me, you know, I just I know that I'm vulnerable, and so if I'm going to be vulnerable in your city without a big crew, I have to be extra fucking brutal. 
yeah. against any anyone that's that, that's coming at me. You know, that's why it's not a smart thing for you to come at me because I'm not I'm not I'm not going to be a fucking bitch. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do what I got to do to protect myself and represent. So anyway, long story short, in New York City, it's 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 sad, honestly, because now, listen, I'm not one of those soft white kids that's going to ask kiss people. Remember, I'm growing up in the projects. Black kids are trying to rob me. The first day I moved to the projects, like 15 black kids surrounded me and my brother and ripped our comics up. So we weren't the type that were entering the hip hop space on some ass kissy shit. We were those white kids where we, when we came around, other black kids felt the energy. Like, okay, these dudes, ain't, they ain't no bitches. So a lot of times people don't like that energy. That, give, that makes them not want to fuck with you. But if you're one of those white kids that say, oh, hey, what's up? You know, what do you, you know what I'm saying? That was never us. Very, we don't kiss nobody's ass. So I'm sure that didn't help the situation. Because in my mind, here's how I'm thinking. I'm not thinking I'm white. You don't wake up and go, hey, hey, I'm white. You're just rapping. You love the culture. You love rhyming. You listen to other rappers. All your idols are black. You understand? So you don't think in your head I'm white until somebody tells you you're white. Like they, somebody goes out of their way. Oh, look at the white boy trying to rap. Yeah, another fucking dick bringing up my color. You know what I'm saying? Like, why you got to be about that? Why it ain't about the verses? Why it's not about the fucking lyricals? So you end up having this big fucking chip on your shoulder. Like, I know I'm about the hip hop shit. So don't come at me with that bullshit. Not trying to hear no color bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And so that energy is already going to turn off people who are trying to shit on you for your color. So so they're not going to. So it probably was harder for me in the industry because of the fact that my attitude already was like, nah, fuck that. You understand? Because I already dealt with all the bullshit as a child in the projects. You know what I'm saying? Dealing with a lot of hate and all that, fighting a lot of black kids. Wasn't only black kids I fought, I fought white kids too. But that energy was like, yo, now I'm on some hip-hop shit. Now I'm a thug. I'm 16, 17, 18. You can't play me. So if you don't show me utmost respect, like, it's a, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not putting up with nothing. Now, if I knew better, let's say I had a manager, somebody really smart, they could have maybe, maybe toned me down a little bit, you know what I mean? And, and people did try to tone me down, you know, like, yo, you got to chill. You're too wild. You know what I'm saying? But people tried, but, you know, I kept seeing people like Wu-Tang talk about, oh, we elbowed our, our way in. And like blacks always got away with being rugged and like they could abuse people and they, they got props for being rugged. You know, they would get the record deals for being rugged. They would get everything for being hard. I got penalized for being hardcore. All I did was get people tell me I'm difficult. You're too difficult to deal with. We don't want to deal with you. You create problems everywhere you go. My own brother would tell me, I can't bring you around nowhere because you're always starting beef with everybody. Yeah, no shit. And it wasn't starting beef with everybody. It's because people were in, it, it naturally disrespectful. Yeah. It would be like this fucking... Like this uh, uh, attitude from people that they, that they respected the black rappers more. And that would make me want to punch you right in your fucking face. 
Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what? You know, imagine how you would feel if you're constantly getting fucking fronted on basically because of your skin color. Well, you know, if you were black rapping the same shit, oh, that shit's hot, yo. But when you're white, it's like, ah, you're on some satanic shit. You're on this shit. You're on that shit. Always an excuse to try to downplay your shit and say, like, how it ain't official. Or, you know what I'm saying? And eventually, when so many people keep putting, and here's the crazy shit. We know that my shit is awesome. Because I got the fans and I ended up getting the fans. And I ended up getting the fans on a monumental, diehard level. So I knew this from the beginning that I was awesome. But I'm getting major, major fucking opposition from people trying to shit on me. My own brother. Any chance he could put me down would put me down. Really? And so ah, that verse wasn't hot. That verse wasn't dope. Like, it, it, one out of ten, he might be like, oh, yeah, that was hot. You know what I mean? And so that almost made me iller. That forced me to have to be like, damn, man, the competition's like, I can't get no love. Like, I got, you have to be fucking ill. As a white boy, you almost have to fucking be better than everybody black. Because if you're not, you'll get shitted on. They'll basically fucking say, now nah, you're whack. You're a whack white boy. Yeah. So white kids got it tougher, I think, in hip hop. Yeah. Do you think that um that kind of <clears throat> struggle to be accepted in the hip hop world is that kind of what nurtured the you know the real the the murderous gory kind of aspect of of your music is that like a combination of well like- it made me yeah well you know I was influenced by Ghetto Boys and Cool G Rap and NWA and Death Metal and all that so that was already kind of like something I wanted to incorporate but you know like the the, the toughness the brutalness of like the I'll kill you. In the lyrics, that sentiment of, you know, the lyrics being murderous, you know, is dealing with being abused. Imagine a dog gets abused, a pit bull. Let's say it's a rugged dog, not a soft dog, right? Because a soft dog might get abused and just end up being weak. Let's say it's a pit bull. You keep abusing it. The pit bull's eventually going to bite your fucking face off. Yeah. You're only going to abuse it for so fucking long. Right? Yeah. Yep. You're going to fuck with it. You're going to fuck with it. You're going to get away with it for a little bit. It's going to start growing and getting bigger and more vicious. And at some point, it's going to bite your fucking face off. That's how it was for me growing up in Brooklyn. Nonstop badgering, bro. I mean, bro, was, I'm sure people have went through this. That's why a lot of people are rugged. Ask a dude who's fucking hardcore in Australia. What made you hardcore? Why are you so tough? Why you know what I mean? Hmm. Why are you so fucking angry? He's gonna tell you. Well, you know, my father was a crim. You know what I mean? Or something. You know, he, being around some of that shit, it fucks your head up. I got mad PTSD from the projects because I was different. There's certain people that weren't fighters. If you were not a fighter and you let people bully you, you didn't get the PTSD. You know, the post-traumatic syndrome from the projects. You grew you understand? If you yeah. were somebody who banged it, because you have to have the pride. If you have the pride in you, like I'm proud. So I never could let somebody fuck me up. You know what I'm saying? If you have that pride, you're gonna get the post-traumatic syndrome. If you're somebody not that proud, so you don't you don't take it personal if somebody whips your ass, like 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 they took like they fucked with my manhood. You know what I'm saying? They then you're gonna you're gonna grow up in the hood differently. Why do you think so many tough guys end up in prison? 
because they're pride. They're the dudes that when somebody played them in the hood, the pride made them go back and fucking do some crazy shit to them. And then a lot of times you get locked up for it. You know, you bad things happen. Consequences happen, basically. Cause and effect. Every effect of something negative, uh, there's a cause. Obviously, everything. Uh, listen, I had a lot of positive. I was also a very smart kid. I always knew consequences. So if I did something, right, violent or whatever, I kind of think before I do it. I mean, I'll react. I have my snapping where I can snap on somebody, but I don't go too far. So, Like most people that go too far, they're in jail right now, 25 to life. They went too far, right? If you're yeah. in jail right now, 25 to life, you went too far, obviously, right? Yep, yep. something you did. You did something and you went too far. You either sold too many drugs, killed too many people, shot too many people. You should have chilled. If you did it <laughs> once or twice, maybe not five times. Right, but right. you did it too many times. Okay, I know when to chill. I have that fucking thing in my brain that's like, okay, maybe not now. Don't do it right now. Don't do that. Let this person slide because I'm going to get the worst end of this. It's going to feel good to do what you do to that person right there. Yeah. But I'm going to get the worst of it. Yep. Yep. For okay? sure. So you have to think smart. You have to think smart. You have to say, okay, well, I'm not going to do that then. But then there's just times when you got to roll the dice. Like if your reputation is at stake, I have a reputation as Necro. If somebody tests my reputation, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to take my chances with re representing myself. Okay. I, I, it, it's not even about being proud. Anyone from the hood or from the street will tell you, yeah, that's what it is. It's your reputation because, because nothing's going to feel worse than feeling like a bitch. Now, not everybody feels like that. You understand what I'm saying? Only certain people will feel like a bitch if somebody plays them. You know what I mean? Okay, so there was a time. I'll give you an example. We're in the airport. And I got to beef with this like Arab guy. I don't remember what it was about, but it was okay. And he and he kept trying to beef with me in the airport on the airport line. Is he a fan? And or I what? was there with like, and I was there with eight of my guys, and he was alone. So I don't know if he was being a punk, knowing he can't really fight me, or he was mentally sick in the head, but. He was talking enough shit to get punched in his face. But we were on the line. So I turn around to Hyde. I'm like, yo, this dude's, you know, Hyde's like, you can't punch him. We'll get a, you, you hit somebody in the airport, you're fucked. There's no more touring. Yeah. I will not be able to tour anymore. Like they'll stamp my passport as, as I assaulted somebody and I'll be fucked from flying. So am I going to let this guy? ruined my tour career think about all the fans how they would be ruined but here's what i'm saying we come across situations where where one person could be the fate of the rest of our fucking career yeah you know what i'm saying and and so yeah that's scary to think about you know, it's a very thin line you have to walk those lines look at so many rappers a lot of rappers do you know something and then like, you know, the guy Bobby Schmurder, right? He was blowing up in, in the seven years in prison. From blowing up to seven years in prison. Like, you know, it's a, so it's like, 
Okay, so my whole point was I've been very good at towing the line, obviously, because I'm here right now. I've had some very close calls, though. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. But it was never to be tough. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's just the PTSD, the post-traumatic stress of my mind, of my childhood. It'll force me to clash with somebody if somebody's being aggressive. Hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? And, it's, and, and so maybe when you get older, you, can, you, be cal- you, you calm down a little bit. You know what I mean? And so, so basically, I guess I was very intimidating in the early Necro days to the point where, you know, I felt it needed to be that way to get the respect. Because here's the thing. A lot of the black rappers were intimidating, but they were being celebrated for being intimidating. I was being called difficult. Right. I was being called a wannabe. He's trying to be hard. What do you mean I'm trying to be hard? That almost fucked my head up a lot because it's like, am I trying to be hard? Like, if you're disrespecting me, how am I trying to be hard? Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, reacting yeah. to you. I'm reacting to you disrespecting me, and you're flipping it on some like cultural media shit. You're trying to be a tough guy. And then I'm getting confused because a lot of the black rappers are all calling themselves Meyer Lansky, Luciano, Gotti. So all the black rappers want to be Italian and Jewish mobsters, but I'm the wannabe. No shit. So it, it was very confusing and also turned me off in a way. It forced me to create my own thing. It always made me say that I got to do my own fucking thing where I control it, my own shows, my own records. I own everything. I'm already producing everything, fund it. Then it's I know I control. If, if I'm going to make it, it's going to be based on me, not relying on some person who thinks he knows what I'm about or wants to judge me, managers and label people. And I told you, it's not only black people. It, it, the white people that were in the industry, it was almost. it's almost like if you're an industry person, whether you're white, Latino, or black, you thought a certain way. That was industry mentality. Industry mentality is anybody black is cool, anybody white is a wannabe. But now, if you're a street fan, a listener of the underground, and you, you know what I'm saying, then, you could be black, white, or Puerto Rican, and you, you and you're gonna and you just love the music. But a lot of those people, they don't have the power. A fan, all a fan most of the time had was the power to just to listen to you. Maybe he'll buy a fucking single. This is before streaming. You know what I mean? So all he really could do is go to Fat Beach and buy a single of yours. Or, or, or you know, let the radio, call up the radio station. Oh, that Necro Freestyle was dope. So, you know, I started heavily getting embraced, you know, by Europe. And Europe, the thing about blacks and whites in Europe, did you ever notice you'll see a lot of black and white crews where you'll see like a, a black guy down with a, a white guy? Like the, it's less racist in UK and places like Europe. Like, it's not like in New York City where it's separated. So when my music started getting pushed into Europe, it was nothing but love. You know what I'm saying? A lot more love, less color worrying about the color. You know, that color shit, I guess, is a big American thing because of the history of blacks and the country, you know what I'm saying? And all that slavery and all that. So there's a lot of animosity amongst blacks in New York City. 
but less around the world where people of color and, and, you know, definitely because a lot of these countries, right. If you think of Italy, you think of it's more white people, right. than, Than black people. So, you know, they, their first inclination is not to look at Necro and judge me on white skin. Their first inclination is going to be, is he dope or not? You understand what I'm saying? That's kind of what I'm saying. Like Australia, I never felt that was only in New York City or the East Coast that I ever feel I'm being judged for having white skin. But because New York City is like, you know, it's the Mecca. It's not like you could, at the beginning, you can't just say, oh, well, you know, they're dissing you. Let's go around the world. Think about it. It took years for me to get into, you know, 20 years for me to be loved by 90 other different countries. We had to have Spotify come to life. We're streaming, you know, and then now just in the last fucking couple of weeks, the last month, Spotify opened up to like another 80 new countries, Bolivia. And then this now Bolivians are going to hear Necro because they never maybe did. Or here's the thing. Every country has those, those certain people that love Slayer. NWA and a horror movie. You're always going to have in every country. I don't care if it's Africa, wherever. There's always going to be those heads that somehow always love that. They might not have access. You know what I'm saying? Because maybe their country didn't have access. The second those kids have access, they're going to become necro listeners. So anyone in Bolivia that just got Spotify now, he's going to start searching for that brutal shit. Yeah, yeah. And then they're going to end up getting to necro. So. The beauty of technology is technology allowed it that, and, and here's the, the thing with me, you know, when you ask me a question, it's because I have so many years dealing with this bullshit on all different questions you could ask me. Every question gets answered. It could take an hour to answer because, it, because it's not that if you ask somebody who's not a good interview, here's what they would say. They'd be like, yeah, it was tough. Well, you know what I'm saying? That's all they would say. It's like, it, yeah, yeah, but yeah. You're not yeah. gonna, you're not gonna, re- you're not really gonna feel the pain of, right. of what that means. Yeah, it was tough. I hear you. Everybody knows things were tough. What was it really like? You know, and that shit takes time. You know, and that's why if you know when I get in, asked certain questions, I I can't give a fucking three word fucking response because I have way too much experience. I'm twenty plus years in hip hop, so like I've been around everybody. You know what I'm saying? I've been around everybody. I've been around every scenario possible. You know what I'm saying? From trying to get record deals to fat beach vinyl, you know what I'm saying? To digital, to CD deals with select hits, Koch, land speed, pretty much everything at this point, you know, and it's all led to where I am now, full control, digital, and nothing is better than having full control. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, yeah, well, that's what makes the vision come to life, right? I mean, that's that's why you've basically created your own genre, your entire. It's all about fans. It's all about fans. Here's mm. the thing, man. This person might not like me. Yeah, I don't like that neck. Well, go fuck yourself. Don't watch it. Don't listen to it. And check this out. Fuck you. I don't care if you live or die. Next person. Yo, that necro shit is fire, yo. Yo, much love to you, homie. No doubt respect you see the people that love you give them love show them respect people that don't love you fuck them go fuck yourself yeah fuck out of here and a matter of fact sometimes when you talk to them like that fuck you get the fuck out of here they might get intrigued and then want to become a fan after 
Hmm. And then the fans that you did show love to or show you love, they love you for life because you responded to them and you told them much respect. And a lot of these people, they don't even have people telling them respect in their life. You know, so for them to reach out to you as a rapper and you're responding back with much love, respect, that makes them feel good. They remember that. Yeah, Necro was cool. So I always make sure to respond to people. But I'll tell a, a disrespectful person to go fuck himself in a minute. I'm not trying to like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to brainwash some jerk off. Because if you're a jerk off, I learned if a jerk, a jerk off ain't going to support you anyway. Uh, the only way a jerk off will support you is if you do put him in his place. If you actually try to be nice to him, he'll keep trying to disrespect you. It's like in the street. If somebody starts with you, if you don't punch him right in the face, they're going to do it every fucking day. It's never going to fucking end. That's why they say in jail, when you go in jail, if somebody you know starts with you, like you have to fuck them up. Because if you don't, everyone sees it, and now everyone wants to take advantage of you. So it doesn't matter if you feel like you don't want to do it, or, you know what I'm saying? Or if the guy's being nice, hey, man, those are some nice headphones you got there, man. Like, he's being nice, and you're like, I can't tell. Is this guy trying? You have to punch this guy right in his fucking face immediately in front of everybody because he's the dumb fuck stupid enough to think he could walk up to you and talk about your headphones. Because really what he's trying to do is to see if he can get your headphones. He's trying to fill you out to see if you're a pussy or not. You know what I'm saying? And Because that's what they do, you know? But walk up to the wrong guy. Yeah, those headphones are good. Oh, would you would you like to wear my headphones and gear them? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Okay, no, no, that here's the headphone. Boom! Punch him in his fucking face. Now everybody knows now. Don't fucking play with me. I'm not here to play games with you. You know what I'm saying? And we'll take it there. And that was always my mentality in hip-hop. I mean, because of the fact that I saw the disrespect. The disrespect was crazy. I don't think you understand the level of disrespect, bro. Okay, Vanilla Ice was ultimately fucking hated at this point. 1990, 91, he was fucking hated. He was considered the biggest fraud ever. Anytime you came across someone black, the first thing out of their fucking mouth was calling me Vanilla Ice. Right. So now I want to I want to crack your fucking face wide open right now. I want to I want to fucking eat your skull. You know what I'm saying? Because you, because you just disrespected me. You you basically you basically without even knowing if I rhyme good, you called me the wackest shit ever. Yep. Yep. And despite so, all that, you've stayed in Brooklyn what to kind this of day. Chip? Imagine, the, imagine the chip on your shoulder that you're going to fucking have knowing that people have the fucking nerve that they're going to, before even hearing your shit, they're going to try to call you some whack shit? Like, yo, I'll fucking kill you, B. Are you fucking crazy? Like, it's so disrespectful. You know? Now, listen, some people wouldn't feel that way. There's other white kids that might, maybe they would just laugh <laughs> and then rap. To me, I took that like, wow, like, yo, that shit is fucking out of line because I'm because I'm thinking I'm a man. That's even in the projects as a little kid. I don't know. I had that thing like I'm a man. Like you can't fucking disrespect me. I don't know where I got it from. Maybe I got it from my father. My father was very tough. My brother definitely took no shit. I'll give him props in the projects. My brother banged out with everybody. Like, never got played. Like, you know, so I'll give Bill props for that. Um, so, you know, I saw my father definitely taking shit from nobody. 
So, you know, listen, you get influenced by that, but it also has to be in you. If it's not in you, it could be in you to be soft. Something in me, I had that pride. It's kind of why I don't even talk to my own brother nowadays because oh, really? his disrespect. Yeah, because his disrespect to me is so disrespectful because of my pride. So, you know, if you're a proud person, and when you know it's crazy when white people are proud, they call it white pride, like Nazi. I'm a Jew. So first of all, I can never be a Nazi. Me being proud of who I am is I'm a human being. It doesn't mean I'm better than anybody. I'm no better than nobody. We're a fucking human. We all bleed the same blood. We all bleed fucking blue or red blood or whatever. We all got hearts. We all fart. We all shit. We just got different skin colors, different cultures, different accents. We eat different foods, but we're all human beings. I always knew that as a little kid. As much as other people were pushing their racist shit, I just always knew this. It was something in my logical mind. That's why a lot of my youngest friends were black kids. Until, you know, the world turns everybody against each other. But as a little kid in the PJs, my first friends were, 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 were black kids. You know, I had Russian friends too. It was whoever, whoever was down to play, whoever wanted to have fun and play, do GI Joes. And you know what I'm saying? That's who you played with. It didn't matter he was black or white. Yo, the black kids didn't care. I remember because they were my boys. I would call them from their window. And it was we didn't get in, they didn't look come out the window. They didn't come out the window and go, look, Ronnie's white. It's always the parents. The parents were the ones that pushed this shit on the kids and all that. See, that's the thing. What happens is the parents go through all this bullshit, which I'm not saying the parents didn't go through legitimate things. So when the parents go through the racism in their life with jobs and the world, they end up bringing it home. The young, innocent kids, they don't know any of that bullshit yet. All they know is that's my friend. You click with who you click with. Certain people we bond because we both like G.I. Joe. Certain people bond because we both like playing football. You understand? Yeah. So I never forgot. I never forgot that. But then when you start facing major racism, you understand it, it's going to make you bitter. Same way blacks felt the bitterness from the racism they felt. I felt bitterness as being a white guy having racism against me. It's sad, to be honest with you, because, you know, I think we all had a lot in common. You know what I mean? In the end of the day, a lot of us as kids, we all had fucking same shit in common. We loved the same shit. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's crazy how, like, like, the racism of adults and shit ends up turning kids into racists. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it could all change if all the adults decide to teach the kids not to fucking be racist. Then it would set a whole generation of people. Just listen, just judge me off my individual behavior. If you don't like something I did address that. If you, if you think I can't rhyme good, then don't let it be because you're prejudiced because I'm a white boy. Let it be because you think you got better skills. You got better skills, step with some skills. Okay, I guarantee you the court, the jury of kids that will decide will be a mixture of black and white kids. And there'll be some black kids that'll say, nah, Necro had that shit. His shit was better. Because in the end of the day, there was, there's always been good people in every culture. You understand? As much as there's shit motherfuckers, scumbag motherfuckers in every culture, there's good people in every culture. It's, it's humans. I think God 
if you believe in God, made it in a certain way where he made it like this. He gives you a choice. You have the choice to decide to be bad or good. We're all created uniquely. But if you notice, right, every human has his choice. I could decide to kill you. I could decide to make a song with you. I could decide to hate you. I could decide to like you. Usually we make our own choices. I mean, you know what I mean? Like for the most part, some people will say, well, I didn't know the choices I made because I wasn't educated or whatever. But I'm saying ultimately there's people that make the choice, even who weren't educated, to not go rob somebody. There's people, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of times you, you for the most part, I believe the majority of humans have the capacity to make a decision of if it's going to be good or bad. And we decide what we're going to fucking do. And I think God, if we believe in God, um, you know, cause I have different views, I'm spiritual or whatever. And part of me does believe in God. Part of me also maybe think maybe, it, it, maybe I'm atheist, you know, whatever, but yeah, I'm I do respect the, I respect the possibility that there could be a, I believe there's gotta be some creator at the same time. I'm also very, into science so i do believe in the big bang but then again how could i say i believe in the big bang did i see the big bang do i yeah like i know science says there's the big bang but how do we know right now as we sit here if there's really the big bang you know what i mean it's it's kind of been explained to us by a bunch of other motherfuckers that told us yeah scientifically it makes sense so yeah I'm totally confused. i'm kind of confused <laughs> I, I believe Hey, listen, they say the earth is flat and some people say it's round. I mean, I kind of believe it's round. I don't believe it's flat, but do I really know? Do we really know if it's flat or round? I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure if I can prove it. I don't think Necro can prove to you whether it's round or flat. You know what I'm saying? So uh, a lot of it, I think, is kind of like, uh, bro, we might be in a virtual reality simulation right now in fucking year 10,000. And we're just bugging out on some Back to the Future shit. Let's go back to 2021. I don't know. Could that be possible? That would be weird as fuck. <laughs> this is all the simulation right now, right? But look at the technology we have now. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We're on a little fucking phone, and you're in Australia, and we're doing Zoom. It's just like, you know, in the end of the day, I guess life is just about happiness, Right. It's just about. Are you happy? Really? Are you happy? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm the most happiest when I'm making fucking beats and production. I fucking love it because I have full control and I know I'm going to create something that people around the world are going to love. It might not be that specific beat I'm working on right now, but the next beat might be that one. But if I don't work on this beat right now, I won't get to the next beat. So I got to work on every fucking thing I fucking think could be a great necro beat and eventually i'm gonna get those specific beats and this is what i thought in the beginning so i made a lot of beats when i gave like ill bill his first album i let him pick 50 so that's how he got the ones he picked mr hyde got to pick 50 when i make my own shit obviously i have the cream of the crop of anything i make so to get to pinnacle shit you can't just make three because that might not be the best three you could have made they could be good before you make a three, but you'll probably get a better album if you make 30. And you'll definitely get the best album if you make 300, because now you're going to pick fucking the best 10 out of 300. You know what I mean? I should obviously have the best fucking option. So, you know, like, 
Yeah, making beats is one of the most stressful fucking things because the easiest shit is just to go online and talk to bitches, send me your butt, da, 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 your YouTube, you know what I'm saying? Watch TV, Netflix. That's the easiest shit to do. The hard shit is to really focus. I'm going to make a beat now. I'm going to focus on creating something from beginning to end, okay? And then, but it's very rewarding, okay? And, uh... Dude, poetry in the streets, you- man. That's such a good... That was the first track I ever heard, and that that is just uh, second to none. I appreciate that. I got yeah. that from a Russian children's record. Really? Yep, a Russian children's record that I got from the projects, from one of the Russian families, because I used to go to the kids that I was friends with and ask them, can I, can I borrow... No shit. I wasn't borrowing. They would never get that shit back. I was like, yo, could I borrow? I had some dudes mad at me and wanted to fight me because he wanted his records back. And the records had such sick fucking samples that I refused to give it back to him. And I got into physical fist fight with this Russian kid from the projects because fucking I wouldn't give him the records back. <laughs> I told him, oh, I don't know where they are. But like they had crazy samples. I knew I'd never get the record because i didn't know how to speak russian so i could i couldn't find what the record is because it's written in russian he didn't want to use it for hip-hop he's like my mother wants them back i'm like yeah i don't know where they are can't help but, you man um, <laughs> but i sampled that off a children's record and um that was me trying something melodic and my brain saying how beautiful will it be to rap pure murder death over melody yeah, that contrast, because man. It's, it, it's almost yeah, because it's almost like the lyrics you're hearing the contrast of the lyrics of it being brutal, but it's almost like classical melody, and it's like it's 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 making it dramatic. Like you could have the evil beat, dun, dun, you know what I'm saying, and that's going to sound great, of course, but it appealed to more people because I remember when Gory Days dropped, people that normally wouldn't like my shit would bring that up poetry in the streets poetry in the- so i knew i said okay that's what it is they heard the, the beat was so melodic that it allowed them to get into the murder yeah yeah you know they know they normally might have not liked hearing the death rap but hearing it on that beat made the death rap palatable to them in a way you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and that that was interesting to me you know and so i've always been you know um but um what was I saying now? You brought up the uh, poetry in the streets. I don't know. Okay, I don't remember what I was going to say, but um, that's cool, man. That, that contrast, though, that uh, exactly like you're saying that um, that juxtaposition between that that really beautiful music, I think, is really what make has for me made you stand out amongst all the others, and so many other people have kind of followed suit after that. But um, you know, beautiful music for you to die to. Uh, your your latest track, Murder Obscene, like these these beats, man. Like no one no one else is uh, <laughs> able to source these kind of samples like you. Yeah, you've got a, an amazing ear. You know what? It, you know you know what it is. It's anyone on the planet can get and use any sample. Okay, so I'll give you an example. Let's say we take a record from Herbie Hancock, random Herbie Hancock record. Give the record to Necro, give the Necro to Alchemist, uh, give the record to Alchemist, give the record to Premier, give the record to Pete Rock, and give it to Large Professor, and give the record to Havoc. We'll all create different beats from the same exact record. Yep. Just somehow, we're each going to hear different fucking things. 
So it doesn't make a difference if Primo sampled this record from Al Green because I still, as Necro, need to eventually hear that song, whichever song that might be, because that song is going to have something in it that Primo didn't sample because he didn't hear the Necro vision. The same way I'm not going to hear his vision. So he's going to make something phenomenal from that record that's primo it's going to be boom boom da, 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 boom it's going to be fresh you're going to hear it boom back and hard drums and you're going to hear it and be like wow oh how'd he do that and he's going to chop it and that's going to do what he does you know what i'm saying and then havoc's going to take you know maybe the darkest piano sound and he's going to slow it down do 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 he's gonna do he that's habit style and then somehow i'm gonna find something that speaks to me that when i hear it it's gonna be like yeah that needs to be hooked up and that's the beauty when you say oh i find things that other people can't find no it's not even that man it might have come across the path of all these producers they just didn't hear the vision it didn't speak to them because maybe they don't have plans to rap murder Certain samples, if you don't rap murder on it, it ain't gonna work. If you're not, and when I say rap murder, I mean if you're not gonna talk like extreme violence type shit, you know, or thug shit or sex shit, if it's not gonna be, you know, those extreme kind of topics, it might not work. You know what I mean? So, you know, they might be looking for things that are different. You know, that they, they might be thinking, well, okay, I'm, I want to make something most deaf would like. The most deaf ain't gonna talk sex murder and thug life he's gonna you know he has his style he's gonna talk the most deaf shit which is you know it's it's kind of like hip-hop based and i don't know uplifting kind of conscious so they're gonna look for some shit that feels that vibe like if like like i would if i knew i was gonna make a beat for most deaf right well then uh shit with xylophones is gonna stand out to me ding 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 do 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 ding 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 and that might not sound like death rap shit to me but if i know i'm making the beat for most death i'm gonna hook that up now so you know that's why i was able to when i was producing these other guys to make you know some other shit like the box album the whole album kind of has upliftment feel that's because I knew I was producing him at the time. You know what I mean? So anyway, um, you know, so here's the beauty, man. There's just so much shit that will never, ever get used or hooked up unless Necro hooks it up. That's just not tooting my own horn. That's just why it's a blessing for hip hop to have Necro. And at the same time, just not to toot my own horn, there's the same equivalent of shit that Primo, Primo was going to hook up that just nobody will ever do what he's going to do. They did, obviously, right? There's a reason he did 12, uh, 12 uh, uh, Crack Commandments, right? I mean, that sample probably came across 100 other people, but he heard it, and he freaked it and flipped it. So, so okay, same thing like Head Split. Head Split, it's because that shit was, it was meant to be necro shit. That's why it's never been fucking freaked before. I'm the first person ever to rap over time of the season for Who's Your Daddy? Because nobody saw that vision. That's where I first heard that you know song. That's where I first heard and that part, track. <laughs> and part of that and part of that song, which is crazy, is I wouldn't have rapped on that. That's the last song I did for Sex Assist. I had the whole album recorded. Last song was that, and I made that the first song. Because it was better than the whole album. 
that one song, which was my last song, was better than I couldn't believe it. Okay, I was like, this is better than the whole album. It was it was so fire that it was better than the whole album. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck! But it was just one of those tracks that anytime somebody heard it, they were like, what the fuck? I yeah. just destroyed it. And and the crazy shit about that is when I was a kid, my uncle Hanan was into sixties rock. He would play do 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 in the car, and it was his favorite song. And I always laughed because in the song they go do do do, and I, it was like sexual, you know. And I'm a little kid hearing it, and my uncle was he was a sixties head, you know what I'm saying? I was the shit like the mop top and the Beatles and all all those bands. That was his shit because there's so many 60s bands that never blew up, let's say, as big as the Beatles, but they all had hits like the animals, the zombies, you know, this or that. So, anyway, long story short, I always remembered that track and never thought to freak it. And it just randomly came to me, you know. And so, that's like an example of something I did nobody's ever done. Another thing would be like, I need drugs. I need drugs is not even about picking a sample. I need drugs is just about me somehow hearing LL Cool J, I need love. And somehow I need drugs came to me because of my experiences. I was selling some drugs in the street, selling weed. I was bodyguard for a Coke guy. My uncle was the biggest junkie in Brooklyn. Pretty much everyone knew him. I mean, he was a legendary crackhead because everybody knew him because he fucking did his crack shit around everyone there would be times where people would be like in the projects yo we beat the shit out of this crackhead last night it was came into the project into the park talking mad shit and be like who, who, who which crackhead you know that crackhead howie and be like, that's my uncle you know what i mean like howie was like in the mix of everybody then it got to the point where he started selling everybody weapons in the projects you know so howie had mad phases anyway my whole point is I need drugs is influenced by all that. If I didn't, if I didn't get that influence, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to write those lyrics. I wouldn't be able to have the ammunition to turn LL's words into drug junkie words. But I was literally so brainwashed and, and experienced with junkies from uncle Howie and then me selling drugs that by the time I need drug, I need love cross my path for me to come up with that. I had all the experience to write those lyrics. And the reason that song did so well and still does over the years is because it resonates with every person that did drugs before. Any person that does drugs had heard that and was like, oh, I get it, man. You know, like not even that they get it. They they would hear the lyrics and go, ah, you know, like just it all made sense to them. So that video clip as well, man, uh, that was like wild. I remember finding, finding that. I don't even remember how I, f- I came across that video clip, but that was like everyone was just like check this well check i had just finished out. the song well i had just finished the song and i played it for howie and howie goes yeah this song's cool well, fuck that bullshit let me show you some real crack shit come with me to the crack hotel tonight i'm gonna be there with mordecai i was like mordecai who the fuck is mordecai i, I was like uh, what are you what are you saying because mordecai is the name of a religious jew i was like are you saying you're meeting a religious jew he goes this guy is a fucking Hasidim. He's meeting me at the crack hotel to smoke crack. I never in my life even knew that religious Jews with yarmulkes on their head 
smoke crack and go to hookers. He told me, yes, they do. He goes, it's hidden. It's a hidden part. But the Hasidims, they also have their own junkies. Like every culture has junkies. And, and their junkies go to the crack hotel that Howie went to. So I, we go to the crack hotel and I, we cannot even believe what we're seeing. So I immediately start filming the video. I need drugs on the spot. Like in the Howie's crack hotel room with Mordechai shooting up with the yarmulke and beard. So it was kind of organic. It was like how he was like, you know, like, yeah, that song's cool. Like he was because he because he, he heard the song. And he's like, yeah, he was giving me props. But he's like, I live this shit. Come tonight and, and, and you can film the real shit, you know, and it just happened to end up being a video. And let me tell you something. You know, when you, when a person laughs where they're like, they're laughing so hard that you almost feel like you're going to have a heart attack. Yeah, like, man. you know, on the. Have you ever in your life laughed where you had to go on the floor? You're with your buddies. Plenty you're of on times. The floor and okay. It doesn't happen totally often as much as we want, right? But there's those times in our life where we were with our friends and we were laughing at that level. The whole making of the video, I'm talking the editing, me and Mr. Hyde would be in tears. I mean, crying on the floor in pain, like, oh, my chest hurts as we were <laughs> editing. Because every new edit, we would watch it, right? And then we'd have to go back to the editor, and I would edit more and more. We couldn't believe how fucked up this video was. So I already knew this video was going to have an impact on the world. I was like, oh, my God. And I remember my stepbrother who was there. It was me, Mr. Hyde, and my stepbrother, Stephen, who I don't talk to. And he asked me in the car. He goes, are you going to release that? You're going to release that footage? And I said, yeah, why wouldn't I? He goes, oh, man, you're exploiting him. And I said, yo, bro, I was like, it's better I show people that than not. Nobody knows that this goes on. You know, like I knew I, I'm talking before I had the edit, just me in the car after filming the video in the crack hotel. He's trying to guilt me on like how fucked up this video just is. He's like, yo, you're exploitational. I said, yeah, that's why it's going to blow the fuck up. And yo, that's a pretty cheap looking video because it's shot on VHS. It was, it was way before people had digital cameras and all that shit. It shot on those old camcorders. So, it just um, adds to it, though. Yeah, man. Like, that video had an effect. Like, it blew people away at that time. Now, you, now if you wonder, why is that video not 100 million on YouTube? You know why? I got fucked early on with YouTube. When that video first went up on YouTube in 2005, it reached a million, right? Immediately. Yeah. And got taken down for needle shooting it got taken down every time it would get put up it would get taken down so it got to a point where it couldn't accumulate anymore there's so many times before a video it keeps accumulating a million two million and it keeps getting taken down it's not going to keep doing that you understand what i'm saying yeah yeah at some point everybody saw it already you know what i mean so i got fucked on a lot of my videos so like right now i need drugs might be two million but it, it, it might have been 100 million if YouTube didn't debt it every time. So I kind of got fucked because people think that they're bigger than me because a lot of my videos got debted. For, for example, Who's Your Daddy? Obviously, one of my biggest hits. It's never been allowed to. It's never been allowed to live on YouTube. Epic clip, man. I had to. Uh, I had to find that through uh, the depths of Pornhub or some shit, man. <laughs> and, 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 and check this out. The Who's Your Daddy video when it first dropped. 
it had more views on World Star Hip Hop than any Little Wayne video. This is right when Little Wayne was, yeah, right when Little Wayne started blowing up with all the mix CDs. And he had a couple of videos, 300,000, 400, 500. I need, oh, who's your daddy? He had 2 million views on World Star Hip Hop. And it was, it was doing better than all the black rappers. But what happened is World Star Hip Hop is not viewed as a catalog for videos. So you don't go to World Star Hip Hop saying, let me go look at, you know what I'm saying? The Necro mm. video. You're going to go and type Necro in YouTube. YouTube's where everyone looks. YouTube is essentially where the party is. World Star was kind of like a private party that only certain amount of people. So it blew up on World Star, but it never got the 50 million it would have had on YouTube. So now you see videos now, right, with people doing similar things as me, and they don't get flagged. And their video is fucking 10 million. I got fucked for some reason, man. I always get fucked. And because you're leading the way. It has age restriction. I think because I did a lot of crazy shit before a lot of people started being able to figure out how to get away with doing crazy shit, I got fucked early on. So like my human traffic video, also a video that had over millions of views on World Star. Right now it's on fucking YouTube with like 100,000. How the fuck does the human trafficking not have 10 million views? When I dropped it, it was fucking blew everybody away. But immediately taken off YouTube again. Every fucking video I made got taken off. So now you see these other rappers, right? Immortal Technique, he has like 20 million for Dance with the Devil. No disrespect to Immortal or Vinny or any of these guys. People tend to think they're bigger than me. Oh, Immortal Technique is bigger than Necro. Uh, Vinny's bigger than Necro because the numbers, their numbers are bigger. I get it. But, but what happened was I got fucked on a lot of my content because it was too extreme. You know what I'm saying? With those yeah. guys, their stuff isn't as extreme. You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking like, you know, human trafficking is an extreme track. I'm talking about human trafficking of women. So, it's a, you know, it's a pretty brutal fucking song. Video is extremely brutal. So I never got to get the views, you know? And, and so when people go and search for me, they're not seeing the craziest content I ever released with the biggest views that that's fucked up for me as a brand. My illest content has the lowest views because of that bullshit censorship where for a Vinny or an immortal or a nonfiction or other dudes, their biggest, hottest things, they were able to get the views for it yep. because they didn't put out content that would get flagged. Some people could say, Hey, I'm stupid. I didn't realize at the time. I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought, uh, drop the extreme shit. That's the shit people want. It didn't dawn on me at the time. Oh, this is going to get banned and flagged and take. Because then, you know what I would have did? And here's the fucked up thing. Imagine me making the I Need Drugs video, but not showing the needle popping. Yeah. Well, isn't that part of why what blew it up to people is the realness of them seeing so if I would have edited it out, it might have blew up bigger, but then nobody would have seen that. So it's a double-edged sword, because if I edited out all the things that would flag it, then people wouldn't have felt as cringy as they feel watching them put the needle in. So part of Necro's legend is that people had to see my content raw to become my fan, but it also hurt me in the long run. So I don't know. Did it hurt me or help me? Because... If I would have been bigger, but 
maybe I didn't, I wouldn't have the diehards that saw the raw versions, you know? So that's it. Listen, in the end of the day, I don't dwell on it. We're just talking. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't sit here and go, oh, my life, you know? It's just, it's kind of just fucking sad that, you know, a guy like Blueface as a rapper, he could have songs of booty girls dancing and all that. You know what I mean? And, and you know, a lot of these guys have the, the twerking and their videos have millions, but anything I have with women gets flagged immediately. I don't know why, man. And YouTube has a hard on for me. I think I have haters. They see Necro and he's with girls and, and they, they start hitting the report button. And it's like, it's fucked up, man, because I, I, I have nowhere to put my shit because here's the thing. People could say, put it on Vimeo, put it here. Yeah, I get you. But the party's YouTube. So to, you can say all day where to put a visual, but in the end of the day, you need to be where the party is. Yep. You can't go. Listen, sometimes you can't go against the grain. You can be in a go against the grain artist, yes. But you can't be an artist that says, oh, I won't be on YouTube. Then you're going to be the idiot that nobody sees. And then all the other fans are going to look at everyone else. Like there's a line between I'm going to be who I am and then you saying, oh, well, I'm not going to be on Spotify. Well, then you're going to fuck yourself then, schmuck, from 90 countries of people hearing you. Good luck. You know what I'm saying? Getting that, you know, like, 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 e even the biggest directors have to fucking settle on, on getting with a distribution company and somebody. You know what I mean? Everyone has to eventually rock with somebody. You, you can't, you know, totally be rebellious. Metallica were rebellious. They still signed with Electro Records for Master of Puppets because they knew they were not going to be the level that they ended up being. They needed some machine to take it a little bit bigger. Okay. But everybody probably talked shit at the time. Look at Metallica. You know what I mean? Now they're going to go fucking with Electra. But hey, Master of Puppets is a classic because of that. You know what I mean? So that's been the, you know, the dilemma, you know, is how do you deal with YouTube when they censor you for everything? It's, it's, you know, and then I see people get away with murder. And I'm like, why are they getting away with murder? And sometimes it's because they're from European countries. And, and, and I don't think the rules are the same if you're from this country. And for some reason, the American rules are like to butcher you. Where if you're from France, I, I'll see French dudes, they have girls getting practically naked in their videos on YouTube. No issue. And I'm like, how the fuck are they? You know, and it bothers me because it's like I can't do the Necro brand correctly because I get my shit taken down. You know what I mean? So so what am I supposed to do then? So now I got to make a video with just me in it. Everything's got to be just me rapping and that's it. If I want to show ill shit, murder, gore, girls, guns, Anything that, that other people show in their video to make their video look cool, I get flagged for it, bro. I literally get fucking flagged for it. I did a fucking video against cops. There's nothing offensive in the video. It's just footage of riots and shit like that. Immediately flagged the first 18 hours. It fucked up all my views. Because what they do when they flag it is it gets taken out of recommendations. And then fucking so all my fans didn't fucking see it. And it's 50,000. That's it, bro. My channel has 230,000 subscribers, bro. 230. So you would think at least one view from each subscriber. How do I only have 50,000 views? Because they buried my fucking video, bro. Just because I'm rapping anti-cop shit. And I don't know who flagged me, but some hater. There's, some, some, there's people out there that hate Necro. And listen, part of it might be my fault because it's like Howard Stern, right? I mean, no matter what he would do, he's turned off some people. Some people just didn't like the guy. 
some people just don't like me. And so they're going to be my enemy and they're going to try to flag me and ruin my success. So I feel good to know at least I'm successful with dealing with all these obstacles. But yeah, it's a little painful when you make a brand new piece of art and you want to release it to your fans and you know it could, excuse me, you know it could blow up because it's really good. And then you get fucked with by, by the platforms. You know, and, and, and what are you going to do? You're going to put it on Vimeo? Nobody's watching it. Yes, it'll get watched on Vimeo, but it's not going to be something that a new fan is going to go to. A new fan doesn't say, let's go to Vimeo to see the new Necro song. They're always going to go to YouTube. And then that's when they're going to see the views of the rappers they're looking. And that's what it's going to show if you're successful. And some of these clown rappers actually think they're bigger than me. Like, listen, you might be big now, but you, you think you're more popular than me with fans? Just because maybe you have some numbers that are a little bit bigger? Bro, that's only because my shit got fucking flagged. Look at the, the videos I released. Human trafficking, white slavery, I need drugs, uh, uh, who's your daddy, I want to fuck, uh, licking pussy. Licking pussy, I somehow lucked out. It's 4 million views now. Because licking pussy, I made sure I didn't have anything too. Licking pussy was me taming myself down. And I got to make more videos like that kind of style where it has girls. But here's the problem that annoys me with licking pussy. Licking pussy immediately got uh, age restricted. So I can't make a penny off that video. So I make this great piece of art that eventually is going to get 4 million fucking views. And I can't even get paid for it. YouTube's like, go fuck yourself. Because you got some hot bitches in it, we're not going to let you get a fucking penny off of it. Like, it's like, yo, it's like stabbing artists in the back. YouTube are cock fucking suckers. I fucking hate that platform. I need it and I use it, but I hate their infrastructure. They're fucking scumbags to people, in my opinion. Definitely to me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. A, a lot of these platforms are foul, but you, uh, YouTube is the fucking worst, bro. And Facebook is one of the worst. Yeah, yeah, Facebook, yeah. Facebook, they—they—they're like Nazis. Facebook, they want to fuck you over on anything you post. Yo, they—they start—they start scanning posts from two years ago to look for reasons to restrict me on my page for something I post. If it was posted two years ago, why are you blocking me for a week now? on a post from fucking two years ago. Like, like I understand if you wanted to be an asshole and, and, and penalize me for something I posted this week. But why are you going to look through my profile from two years ago? It's already old news now. You know what I'm saying? It's done already. Do you have the same problem with oh, Instagram? And, uh, oh, and, and listen, and it's not like I'm posting up a Nazi saying we should go kill Jews or something. Like, I, I'm getting flagged for, like, posting up something with a girl in it. Like, it's the dumbest shit ever, bro. Like, that they'll fucking try to flag you for for, for, for posting up something that they consider uh, 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 too evil or too sexual. Yeah, the and standards are fucked. Too sexual is anything, bro. Yo, it's no way to know what is too sexual. You just have to... They, here's basically what you got to do. Don't post anything with a female in it. Yeah. So they just want... They want to turn men into ace, uh, emasculate men to the point where we feel fear to even post anything with women or do anything with women. It's gotten to a point that men are constantly getting called out for harassing women 20 years ago now. It's a constant regular thing 
that that all these dudes, all of a sudden, a woman from 20 years ago now is is mentioning now that 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 this person in power did it. I'm not going to say they didn't or they didn't. I'm just I noticed the trend of oh, you know what I'm saying? Like like it, it almost seems too good to be true. Like oh, so really, all these women got fucked with and, and didn't do anything back then, and and now. I don't know. You know, I don't know. You know, I say 50, 50, it could be, that could be true. It could also, it could all, listen, as much as you believe it could be true, it could also be true that they're scheming for money and it's ways to bring these powerful men down. It could be either or there could be one guy that wants to bring another guy down and he has money and he says, okay, let me get in touch with blah, blah, blah. And listen, you pay somebody a million dollars. Some, some of these women right now, they don't have nothing in their bank account. They're fucking broke. All of a sudden, they're rich now. So I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's it's it's, it's tough to know all the secret shit that goes on. Anyone world. try and come after you and all that? Nah, nah, we don't talk because first of all, I don't do dumb shit. Yep. And I've never done dumb shit. And I'm intelligent. Uh, also, you have to you have to be, you know, like a major target. Like if you're the governor or something like that, that's when they really, really, really try to come at you. You know what I'm saying? I mean. You know, I've never been that big to the point where I'm going to have Illuminati come at me. Illuminati meaning whoever you might consider on that level. You know what I'm saying? And so it just is what it is. I'm not on the radar of Illuminati. There's certain people that are on the radar. If if you're a government official, that's why you see they get fucked with a lot. Or like, you know, the Harvey Weinstein type guys. These are guys I think they have so much power. And here's the thing. If they never did anything bad ever they probably wouldn't be easy targets. But because that dude tried to fuck so many bitches, there's p- women out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, what I'm saying is if you were kind of a piece of shit. Makes the job know, easier. Piece of, shit doesn't, piece of shit doesn't mean you raped them. Piece of shit might mean you had money. You invited a lot of bitches over. You tried to fuck bitches. They're going to paint it into you trying to rape them now. But if you, know, if you were doing a lot of fucking crazy shit, you should expect that. See, me, on the other hand, I've done crazy shit on tour, but, you know, I'm very careful. You know what I mean? If, if any chick acts stupid or if I'm getting a bad vibe, I kick them out immediately. You know, like I dead the situation. So, you know, I think people that are smart are smart. You know, when you see people getting into trouble, sad thing to say, a lot of times they're dumb because maybe they thought they were too powerful. They let it get to the I'm, I'm aware I'm not that powerful. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to be dumb. I'm not going to do some shit that's going to give someone else power over me. Because I'm aware I'm not that powerful, I'm not going to give you power over me. You understand what I'm saying? Because I have my limited amount of power. I'm not going to ruin that. Some of these other people, I think the problem is they think they're too powerful. Russell Simmons, he definitely felt invincible. So imagine the shit he did. Even if he didn't do what the women said, Imagine some of the shit he must have did to make them hate him. You know, he probably just was very obnoxious, you know, very nonchalant, very, I'm above you. And that, you know, and that's enough to get these women to come out and lie. Just being a real pompous scumbag motherfucker. So, you know, I've never been a pompous scumbag motherfucker because I appreciate what I got because it was so tough to get it. Russell Simmons, he blew up very big, millions, you know, very early. So a lot of these guys, when they blow up really early with millions and millions, 
notice they always get into a lot of big bad shit quick. Fucked up shit happens to them because their ego is so crazy. And you notice the guys like me, independent, we have to work really hard. We don't get, listen, I got into trouble. I got arrested in Perth, Australia. It, it, listen, uh, uh, maybe I don't have issues with women, okay, but some of my issues was violence in the streets, drama. You know what I'm saying? I had to get control over that. You know, like there's some dudes that aren't violent, they, you know, and they have issues with women. I mean, come on, look at a guy like fucking Chris Jones, uh, Chris, uh, Chris D'Elia, the comedian. No, he, no, no, the one who beat up Rihanna. What's his name? Oh, Chris Brown, right? Chris yeah. Brown, you know, you look at him as an example, he didn't really get locked up ever or reputation for beating guys up. But he blew up mega for beating a woman up. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? And you would think he wouldn't do that because he's so big. He's loved by so much women. Wouldn't he be able to get just so much pussy that it would never lead to that being public? But it just shows you, like, these guys can't control themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just that fucked up, bro. I think my food has got to be by the door. Maybe not, actually, because it got till 8. Let me just check and see. Sure thing, I know we've definitely done at least an hour. So yeah. Um, if you got any last questions you want to ask, ask them and then we'll end sure, it. Sure, man. Right? Awesome, dude. I really appreciate you taking the time, by the way. Um, look, man, um, I know like we've, we've spoken so much about like your hip hop influences. Hold on um, one second. Hold on. Let me, sure. just, let me just grab my Go ahead. I was going to say we've um we've spoken so much about your influences like musically, hip hop, also your kind of like uh, early life um, culturally. What what kind of brought you to here? But like, now you're recording this, right? Yeah. Like with vocal, with voice. Is yeah. this going to be a video that you put up or, or only audio? Just audio. All right. Let me just put this food away because then you're going to hear all this. Sure. Just give thing. me one second. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't go in the fridge, it's going to get bad. So let me just put it in the fridge. Take a second. I just order shit. I don't even fucking shop anymore. I, I think it's a waste of fucking time. I have everything delivered. Yeah, man. I'd rather, fo I'd rather focus my energy and time on health, going to the gym. Or making beats. I don't want to waste even one hour shopping. <laughs> I, I would eliminate it too. App, and they deliver it to my crib. It's like, you know what I'm saying? I used to like going because I thought it would be good exercise. I might see a bitch. But um, it's just a waste of time. It's two hours. You got to drive there. You go there. You got to wait online. You get it. That's two hours I could be working on music and it'll add up. So if you're doing it fucking 100 times in a, in a year, that's 200 hours. Yeah. Of shopping that could be 200 you could make two albums in 200 hours maybe yeah yeah i mean right? i agree i, mean, I agree man hours, a lot of hours. <laughs> so you know when you think about it the amount of time you're saving is insane yeah and it's not like i'm lazy because i go to the gym i worked out so brutal today in the gym i worked out so brutal i've seen you've been killing it no i'm, I'm saying i worked out so brutal today i'm i, I am feeling sick Literally, I wasn't going to do this with you today, but I didn't want to cancel twice because that would that would make me an asshole to tell somebody two times, yo, I'm canceling. But uh, much appreciated, I man. I pushing myself through the gym, even though I was sick because I had taken some days off 
and I didn't know why I was feeling sick. I, I was wearing a sweatsuit, you know, the suits that make you sweat because I wanted to be less on the scale. And I think it was making me super sick because it's like it, it was bringing up my body temperature. Yeah, I have like overheated. a hat and a, and a hoodie and it fucking puts you on fire. And I'm like feeling like horrible, but I'm telling myself, but I got to do it, though, because, you know, this is the military, the militants, you know, I got to do I got to do it. Really, what I should have did was not work out. See, that's the problem that people do. We get our egos that, you know, and we think, you know, we're not being manly enough if we don't do it. And what ends up happening is we injure and hurt ourselves. And when we injure and hurt ourselves, we end up taking off a week or two or three. Sometimes people never go back for six months because they fucked up. It's better to actually take it slow, rest, do, because you'll be more consistent. And I'm, I'm, and I'm learning that, you know what I mean? I mean, I've always known it, but you have, it's, it's like, you, you almost don't realize you're fucked up until it takes years sometimes for you to realize how fucked up you are. You know what I'm saying? Because you're always looking at shit from inside out. But yeah. now I realize I'm one of those dudes that always goes too hard and then injures myself. Yep. Yep. You know, and today's an example. Like I was literally sick. I did a whole workout. I'm talking so sick. I had to go onto the machines and go and hold on and breathe. And I didn't even know I am sick. Well, it's also I fasted for 30 hours. So I went to the gym after I did a whole 30 hour fast, but I never had problems before when I was fasting. You know what I'm saying? I never felt like I couldn't go to the gym, but I probably was sick. Something wasn't right. I fasted, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't have food in me. And I just pushed myself. And I'm, I'm telling you, like right now, I don't feel great because of what I did to myself today. Yeah. And, um, well, appreciate yeah, it. Man. I, I, I just went too brutal. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. too much. Man. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's sometimes, man, it's, you know, it's funny. I'm watching this MMA show and it, it, it shows every time these guys go too hard and they injure themselves and then they say, oh, I'm going to still do the fight. They lose the fight. Yeah. Every fucking time, every time, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's no matter, it doesn't matter who you are or how tough you are. If your knee is fucked up and then you know, I'm going to do it. You, you end up losing that fight. You know what I'm saying? Always pushing and, it to the limit. And here's the crazy shit. Well, listen, you can push it to the limit, but there's a there becomes a point, a limit where your your knee will snap. Shit. See, here's the crazy shit. All our bodies have limits because what are we really made out of? Think about it. A piece of steel can slice you right in half. You're not made out of steel. You're not the fucking. You're not fucking um, Colossus from fucking X Men. We're made of flesh. I mean, our bones are pretty rugged, but a piece of steel will slice right through your bone like butter. So, like, you you have to know to push it to a limit and then stop at some point. Bottom line, it has to be a limit. Push it to the limit. But there's a limit at some point, right? Right. Notice it says push it to the limit. It doesn't say push it till you're dead. <laughs> push it to the limit. Whatever that limit is. The limit is, oh, well, my knee's going to break now. Okay, well, then stop now you pushed it to the limit of what your knee can do you know and that's the problem people think they're invincible they push all these guys come on how many times have you heard about guys in the gym right uh, these big guys right and then they, they, you're oh i broke my back I, I broke my neck i did trying to lift 500 pounds like yo bro you, you, you're gonna and, and then these guys yo they, they suffer injuries bro 
So like what happens is they might be 30 now, but when they're like 50, yo, they're going to be in pain, man. Like the, those kind of injuries. So, you know, that, that's the thing I'm, uh, I'm right now injured from going too, too hard. And I'm 80 days going militant. Right. And I went too hard and, you know, I injured my knee a little bit, you know, like to the point where it's, you know, it has like this pain. I got to take painkillers and, and that's my own fault. I went too hard jump. I was doing jump rope, boxing, uh, running high intensity. And I just did it too much, man. And too much, too much. It, listen, it happens to anyone. Professional runners get their fucking, you know, these, these things happen, you know? So yeah, bro. <laughs> Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson broke his back once. He yeah, said, no shit. I, I broke my, I broke my back. Like, you know, it says like anybody, man, it, it, you could get fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Humans, are, humans are feeble as tough as we are. A guy could be totally coming at you full blast, murdering you. He could, if his heart fucking stops, he'll plop right down to the floor. So done. Um, I was just going to ask you just a easy throwaway question, man. Um, just in terms of like cultural influences and things, I was wondering. I know you've like uh, you've made some music about people like Charles Manson a bunch. I was wondering if you have a favorite serial killer and why. Um. Well, you know, I don't know if Charles Manson technically falls under serial killer because he was yep. more like considered a cult leader, even though he gets the respect of of every serial killer, like any book about serial killers will feature Charles. I think Charles is one of those dudes that, um, transcended, uh, inf infamy in the way where he was, he, you know, he had the respect of serial killers, but I don't know if he was really a serial killer. Uh, I guess my favorite, which is kind of fucked up. Oh, this guy, this guy is my favorite. Yeah, it's totally fucked up. He used to kill, <laughs> He used to kill old women. He's like, oh, that's my favorite guy. Uh, I, I, Ramirez. Oh, is man. He's a sick motherfucker, bro. Yep. That, that, everything about that guy is fucking wild crazy. Pure evil. So something about him, you know, like, I guess. But, you know, I, I don't really have a favorite. Like, I'm not yeah. one of the, I'm not a jerk off that, you know, worships these fucking jerk offs. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I got enough pride that they should be my fucking fan. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I get it. You know, obviously they're legendary for doing what they did. You know, do I have a favorite? But, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, like I, I, I worship any of them. Like they're that cool, you know, because there's some stuff about some of these guys that I don't like. You know what I mean? Like Ramirez has some traits from what I'm here that I don't respect at all. So, you know what I mean? He's, a, you know, he's obviously someone you can rap about. You know, and, and things he did, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know if he's really a good role model. No. Um, yeah. You know, same thing I'll with like a Dahmer. Dahmer was a fag. So I'm not going to, oh, I love Dahmer, you know, but Dahmer was obviously a fucked up individual, you know, his, you know, his whole, what he did, how he got caught, the black guy with the drill in the head. I mean, he's a sick fucking bastard. So, um, you know, I mean, you know, those guys are legendary, you know what I mean? Um, they obviously are the, the biggest, right? Dahmer, Ted Bundy, Berkowitz, you know, I mean, they're all just a whole bunch of clowns, you know, I view them as just a bunch of sick fucks. If I ever rap or mention them, you know, I'm mentioning culture, you know, it's less about me. Oh, I like them. You know, it's more about, I like sick shit. You know, I like art. 
that is sick. Something about it, it, it brings out an emotion. So I'll rhyme about them, but I don't, it doesn't mean I have a love or worship for them. Uh, 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 you know, I, I am investigating them as I'm rhyming, as I'm writing, I'm investigating them. I'm learning about them as much as you are. You understand what I'm saying? And then I'm creating a piece of work based on my influence from them. I could watch Sex in the City, the show, let's just say, and write a rap about that. I never did, but, you know, and then maybe that rap would be something talking about relationships and whatever. So, if, you know, if you're going to look for serial killers, it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I like this guy. It's more of like we're analyzing. Them. Yeah. Like yeah. we're more. It's, it's like we're morticians and we're doing artistic autopsies on them. Does the mortician like the dead body? Not necessarily. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He might like doing autopsies, but I don't think he, he has a, a specific liking to that corpse. Yeah. Right. It's more of like. I like doing autopsies. So I, I like doing lyrical autopsies on, um, on uh, you know, subjects, let's say. You know, I like dissecting what they did and putting it together. Matter of fact, hold on one second. No problem. I like, I like the name of that for something. See, I got I to gotta send myself a message, lyrical autopsy. <laughs> I don't know if anybody ever used that together as a word how do you spell autopsy a-u-t o-p s-y i think just s-y right there you go all right now let me open this up where did i put this on hold on yeah, man. Less about having a favorite, more more about just a fascination. Really, I guess is what I what how I, I should mean, have rephrased yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, it's listen. It's a fascination. Yeah, you know. I mean, anybody, you know, I, I it, you know, it's intriguing. Like, mm. oh, you know, what, what would make this guy wanna? Because all these guys end up getting caught. You know, so it's a fascinating thing to see that somebody. It's almost interesting. Like, oh wow, so you couldn't control yourself. Like, like meaning. Why would anyone want to get caught and put in a jail cell? So the only reason these guys are doing it is because something in them makes them do it where it's a thirst. Like we have a thirst for drinking. They have a thirst for murder. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, maybe they, uh, you know, um, another interesting focus. Hey, I'm just talking about this. I'm coming up with ideas. Great. <laughs> thirst for murder. Happy to be a part of it. <laughs> for murder now nah, well you know it's it's because it's interesting because when you think about it a thirst we're talking about you know how i said a thirst for fucking for drinks these mm. guys have that the same way we want to eat food you know what i mean some of these guys they have the thirst for killing like they oh i need to kill that's they, they put themselves in no position because they couldn't control themselves no self-control yeah, these guys had a thirst for murder with no self-control. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so when, when, when you're when you're that fucked up, you know what I'm saying? It's like that's intriguing to understand that. I mean, you know, and and but then you know, then you kind of relate to it once they tell you, it's like, oh, I had a thirst for murder. Okay, well, I can understand that. I get it. I don't have that thirst like you have to kill women, but something in these guys. 
I guess sometimes, a lot of times, they end up talking about their mothers, right? Well, my mother was so fucked up that, you know, so that's why I have a thirst to kill these women, you know, because because I want to save them from being the, the prostitutes they are. There's always some psychological shit that fucks these guys up. And, you know what I mean? Supposedly porno makes a lot of these guys killers. Yeah, right. You know, porn made me a killer. That's a fucking hot title, too. Okay? <laughs> Coming up with ideas. Plenty. They're just flowing out. Yeah, well, you know, I could end up switching it, you know, but by writing porn made me a killer. But by uh, writing it down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a hot title. Porn made me a killer. That fucks up. <laughs> because, because here's the thing. Now you can touch on mad subjects with that. Now you can rap porno, but you can entwine it with murder and with all these serial killers. And see that that's the cool the coolness. What what is what I like about that. So let's say I call an album "Porn Made Me a Killer." It opens up a whole floodgate to rap about sex, but to also rap about all the other psychology around violence and, and sex. And because there's women that love getting choked. Yeah, there's. This, it's all psychological like why do they like that why does that turn them on you know and then they'll tell you well my father used to choke me like there's all this, so, so much psychology around evil yeah and all and, these serial killers have uh, groupies charles manson got married in prison so did ramirez of course. like what, right, what listen, the fuck's bro. that yeah man i appreciate we the time wrap up because awesome. i got a lot of shit to do i, I really appreciate yeah. the time necro and uh as a longtime fan right, it's man. a pleasure to meet you so uh take it easy all right, let me know whenever you put the shit up or whatever, all right? I will, man, for sure. Peace, brother. All right, be safe. You too. Peace. Your vital signs cease, now it's time you find peace The preacher's recital, the creature a homicidal beast Defeats you and leaves you beaten down on these divine streets My prime speech leaves your spine weak Rub you of your ounces and pounds of your head tissue red Then a bounce when you're found, you're pronounced officially dead Spontaneous, sex consanious, maniac, crack your cranium, subcutaneous Unsub, put you in a tub, drain your flesh Submerge you under aqua like a submarine brain death Bullets lodged in your skull, prostate enlarged Now your ask what's happening like rerunning Raj Murder tools in the garage Putting fools in the triage Letting off automatics in the mirage I'll never get charged Squad's impenetrable like it hobble Playing guard Super villain like General Zod It's a murder scene Homicide detectives Getting out of bed to work a murder scene I was letting off the lead Why be you heard a scream Catching head from a dead bitch A perverted dream Invade your crib like a burglar With Jurgen's cream Leave you in purgatory My story is dirty scheme I'm leaving Candace Bergen In a pair of burgundy jeans Blood squirting from the seams It's a murder scene DT's looking for clues Sneaker shoe prints snooping around your apartment Being sneaky's my blueprint Exuberant crook in the news Driving an Uber Food by your grill with a crowbar Now a blooper on YouTube End up killed on my list Criminalists only need Minimal forensic evidence To conclude a subliminal jest Of my action Seminal fluid and vaginal Pinnacle stimulus for a feminist Women a bitch Pantyhose mask on Slice through your patio screen Slip a dick in your fatty hole While your daddy will scream Fuck a detective jurisdiction If intercepted the jury You'll find out how many dicks I'm putting chick victims rectums Appreciate the trife My nice Shall abbreviate your life, alleviate your wife's need for pipe a deviant Mischievous, sleazy season of the witch Itchy trigger finger bitch, squeeze it now you seize your twitch It's a murder scene Homicide detectives getting out of bed to work a murder scene I was letting off the lead wifey you heard a scream Catching head from a dead bitch a perverted dream Invade your crib like a burglar with Jurgen's cream Leave you in purgatory, my story is dirty scheme I'm leaving Candace Bergen in a pair of burgundy jeans Blood squirting from the seams, it's a murder scene